Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, yins, guys? It's your girl, Kim, here, and welcome to another special edition of Bravo! East Coast Housewives. Y'all know what this podcast is about. I don't even need to get into it because y'all already know. So, it's Tuesday, yins, guys. I hope you're feeling great. Start of the week. You know what's interesting? I do have to say this. Speaking to a friend of mine with the whole stress of the world, which I know that we're all probably living in some way or another, she let me know that I could turn to meditation. And let me tell you this. I am not really the one for patience, to be honest. And uh, I was a little skeptical, I do have to say. But she told me about this app and I downloaded it and... I'm giving it a chance. It's like a seven-day tutorial of how to meditate. And then I guess you can like download classes and shit, whichever. So I do have to say I am feeling a little bit different. Now, also, mind you, (laughs) it's only been two days, but it doesn't fucking matter, okay? (laughs) I do feel a little bit different, which is good. And I just hope that I can continue on the path to where meditation can actually uh, help me the way that I need it because this bitch is uptight all the fucking time and I just need to relax a little bit. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just thought that was a fun little fact about where my life is at the moment and um, now with that said, let's just get right into the what the bravo. Uh, Yeah, there are definitely some things but nothing crazy crazy. For example, the big deal around the Bravo world at the moment, we got two housewives that got married, you know what, on the same fucking day. You got Cynthia Bailey, honey. She got the 10, 10, 20. Congrats, Cynthia. That's fucking awesome because I do know that you guys were debating on if you should postpone it or continue with it. And you know what? You did the thing. And we saw a lot of our housewife ladies at the wedding, which was fucking fabulous. Uh, Clearly saw Giselle. Loved it. She looked great in her LBD. And then what else? We saw Eva as a bridesmaid. I think Kenya might have been a bridesmaid too. But we saw a lot of the Atlanta housewives. Candy was there. Um, Sheree was there. It was beautiful to see that. Marlo, Portia was there. The one thing that I noticed, I didn't see Nene. Now, I didn't see her in any of the pictures that I saw on Instagram. And I follow Nene too. And she didn't post anything that I recall I don't think she really, she hasn't really posted a lot lately. I mean, she did post her uh, exit from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. But I really didn't see Nene. Was she there? And if she wasn't, why wasn't she there? Also, was she invited? If she wasn't invited, what the hell happened? Like, I'm curious about all that shit, all that tea. Someone knows, spill it on me. I want to fucking know this because it's killing my insides. Now, not only did Cynthia get married, but we have the loudmouth herself, Kelly Dodd. 
she also got married to her, I don't know, anchor person from Fox News or something. I don't know, Raventhal, whatever the hell his name is, whatever. She got married to 101020, which have ya, okay, congrats, ya know. But here's the thing. Out of those two weddings, I'm taking freaking Cynthia's all the way, okay? She knows how to do it right. All the girls that were there supporting her, all that love. You did see, though, I did see Ramona Roro made that attendance to Kelly's wedding. She definitely wasn't invited to Cynthia's. And I don't think either of those women would be invited to Cynthia's. <laughs> Cynthia just knows where it's at is what I'm saying. But congratulations to all of you getting married out there. I'm feeling fucking left out. Like, what the hell? <sighs> But I hear it's a chore sometimes, so maybe I'm not that left out. But, you know, what the hell do I know, you know? So, bunch of weddings going on. Cool, cool. Now, another big thing in the Real Housewives of New York City, and I know this is old news because this came out last week, but, you know, this is a weekly podcast, people. You get what I'm saying. First black cast member is coming to the Real Housewives of New York City, Ebony K. Williams. First of all, I think she's dropped at gorgeous. Yes, saw a picture of her, and then after I found out, it wasn't that other lady that I was talking about. I totally forget her name already, Um, but she seemed like she was a good choice, too. So I don't know, maybe they should get her too. They should have her and Ebony. Who knows? Just saying, Bravo, maybe you should do that. But I was like, who's this Ebony chick? I want to look her up. So I find out she's an attorney and a TV host. And all I can say with those two things, Ramona, Roro, you better watch out because she is going to read you. She is going to shut you up. I cannot wait already. She is going to bring such a different atmosphere as far as the housewives because think about Dorinda, Dorinda leaving, and then she's stepping in. Personality is very different. Ebony also looks younger than majority of the girls. She's probably around Leah's age. Obviously, we saw Leah post that she was super excited that she's joining the show. So we're getting a younger demographic here, which is kind of cool. So I'm curious and excited to see where this is going to go. I'm pretty sure Ebony is going to check Ramona multiple times. I have a feeling with some of the stuff that I saw on her Instagram, I watched some videos of her uh, TV hosting shit, and uh, I think she could get along with Sonia. I really think that Sonia can get along with anyone because she's just, the bitch is just great. I mean, I love her. We all know that I have so much love for Sonia. So I think that she'll be cool with Sonia. I think she'll probably get into it a little bit with Luann um, because sometimes Luann is on her high horse as we see. Let's see what else. She'll definitely get into it with Ramona. The thing is, I feel like clearly she seems like she's a friend to Leah, or at least now she's getting to be friendly with her. I think it would be an interesting dueling diva moment between Leah and Ebony. And I'm just thinking about it. I mean, it doesn't seem like that would be a thing. But you know what? Seems like Ebony is a strong-ass woman. We all know that Leah is a strong-ass woman, but she's also Hurricane Leah at times. So just picturing the future, it would be kind of interesting to watch the two of them go at it. Also because they are the youngest of the members. Let's ponder on that. Something something to think about. Now, other thing that's coming up, Real Housewives of Orange County is coming up on, uh, oh yeah, tomorrow. Hello. So we'll see, again, as I told Kendrick Tucker, who was on with me last week, it doesn't seem like the OC is going to do much for me this year. I don't know why the vibe from the trailers just aren't, they're not catching me the way that some of the others have. Like, Roni was catching my attention. 
clearly we all know about Potomac, and I cannot wait to talk about this episode. Potomac this week was so, in my opinion, Karen Huger, and I'm excited to talk about that because Karen... I'm just, I look at her so differently now, and I just have so much love for her, and I mean, shit, let's just get right into Potomac, because honestly, The Real Housewives of OC, it's on tomorrow, check it out, I'm curious to see what's up, Salt Lake City's coming pretty soon, Yin's guys know my uh, predictions and thoughts on that, but I'm still gonna give it a chance, Um, but yeah, Potomac honeys, because they are my loves. So I feel like with this episode, this really made Karen shine in a different light than we see her, right? She is the grand dame in Potomac, and she has such a certain image that she wants to uphold when she's there in Potomac. But when she went back to her hometown in Surrey, Virginia, it was so beautiful to see all of those moments that she had, not only with her family, but also with her community during that parade, and also Giselle and Ashley. I mean, I thought it was amazing that Karen invited both of those women in the first place because we all know that Giselle and Karen get into it all the time, and we all know that Karen has had her beef with Ashley in the years for sure. So for her to extend the olive branch to the two of them, I just thought it was wonderful, and I just, I loved seeing that. I thought it was great. So as the women are preparing to go to Surrey, we also see that Giselle is reaching out to Juan because we all know that he's trying to propose to Robin or Tatiana, should I say, but I'll get to that later. Giselle found the ring that was Giselle approved and she wanted to let Juan know. So there's like some shit going on with that, trying to get everything planned out. And then whenever Ashley arrives to Karen's house ready to go, first of all, her shoes were amazing. Those hot pink open toe heels. Yes. And then when Giselle comes and says... We're going on a farm. Like, what the fuck are you doing with those shoes? (laughs) And with Ashley just saying, I'm trying to do it the Karen way. Love that. That was great. Way to go, Ashley, for that. And you know what? Giselle couldn't play with that. She was like, okay, I can I can dig that. That's cool. I dig it. The one thing that kind of bothered me before they left is when they were going to the car, it seemed like Ray couldn't get rid of them quicker. And you also saw that he didn't even give Karen a kiss goodbye when she was like hanging on for it. Like, Ray, what the fuck, dude? Like, come on. You're retired. You have more than enough time to give your wife a kiss. Like, get off your fucking high horse. Don't take a nap just yet. Like, come on, do the thing. So that really bothered me. Again, we're seeing some troubling things with Ray and Karen this season, and I just hope that it gets better. And, you know, with this first part, it seems like they're still in that space where it's like no good. But, you know, with Karen going back to Surrey, I think that helped her regain her confidence in herself, and that was just beautiful to see. I loved it. So as the girls are traveling, they're doing their thing, they're in the car, yay, yay, yay. Then transition over to Candace, inviting Robin over to have some food. What else do they discuss? Clearly they talk about the Monique Candace hair tug, okay? I mean, I even just, once you've seen it, it's always going to be replaying in your head. That was probably some of the most intense shit that I've seen on The Housewives, to be honest. And that complete rage in Monique's face, like you could just see it. She was like out of the world. 
I don't think they'll forget that. That was just so intense. So as Robin comes over, they're talking about the Monique uh, meeting at Karen's house. Robin's basically saying, you know, it bothered me that Monique didn't really have any remorse for what she did to you. And then with Candace hearing that, she gets very, very emotional. And guess what? We all know that I'm not the biggest Candace fan. However, I did like her in this episode because the bitch was adopting a dog or she wanted to adopt a dog. And God damn it, I'm trying to adopt a dog. I did not realize how hard it was and I'm so frustrated. But oh my gosh, if you people know any place that is looking for people to adopt a dog, please let me know. It is killing me. I want one so bad. Okay, enough of my rant in my whining-ness, okay? Candace is getting all emotional after Robin tells her this, and guess what? I get that. And per Candace's reactions, I really do think that she thought she had a pure, true friendship with Monique. I mean, I really do. If she didn't feel like it, I don't think she'd be as emotional. Now, Monique, on the other hand, we see her for a good amount until the end of this episode. We see her kind of being, eh, it is what it is. I got to go back to my life, blah, 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 which made me feel like, wow, was your friendship this whole time fake? But you can tell with Candace being really upset about it. I think she really did consider Monique a friend, and I think she's just really disappointed with where the turn of events have led up to this point. So I, I get that. Robin also explains to Candace that she's pretty disappointed with Karen as the moderator because she says that Karen didn't really have any disappointment on Monique. But guess what? You know what? Bravo. Hello. Good job again. Woo woo. They flash back. And she did say that. She's like, I love you, Monique, but you fucked up. That's kind of showing disappointment in my book. But I guess maybe Robin wasn't really paying attention then or something, or maybe she just didn't care. I don't know. But I do think that Karen did display disappointment there but then she does some shady shit we'll we'll get into that as well so Candace is also talking about the potential of pressing charges against Monique and then obviously we see that later on down the line that she did and then Monique did so Candace brings up after the whole I may press charges she wants to uh, check in with Robin because Robin herself is having some issues in her life So the blogs are sending out that she owes $90,000 in back taxes. Holy fuck. That's a lot of money. I don't even know if I'll make $90,000 in my lifetime, but holy shit, Robin. God damn. So Candace wanted to check up with her and wanted to see, hey, are you okay? Like, what's up? So with Robin addressing everything to Candace, first of all, I love the fact that Robin was open enough to talk about it. Also, She's disappointed in herself, but she's not getting down on herself to a point where she's completely unreasonable and you like can't get through to her and all that shit. She does carry some sort of lightness to it, but I don't think she's doing that to try to avoid the problem. I think she's just being very adult about it. Like, holy shit, I did my taxes myself all these years. Like, I kind of probably should have hired someone to do it. Fuck, whatever. But then she talks about how she had a little bit of uh, a hiccup with not reporting some income. So she said that she got banged for that too. But I do think Robin's doing the right thing. First of all, I think a lot of people could relate with Robin. And I think it's great that she is using this platform to 
to have it out there, you know, obviously she's not the only one that's done that. Juan's been in this situation before. We saw that years ago. Also, uh, hello, Judice. Yeah, he got deported for that shit, right? And um, that definitely seems like it's a common thread. Oh, yeah, and Ray, duh. Uh, it seems like it's a pretty common thread for some of these housewives and their families. But, uh, you know, I'm not judging and shit because, like, you know, who the fuck am I? But I think it's great that she's sharing this. And she's going to get through it because they got through it before with the other money issues that they had. So, Robin, I'm just saying, I think you're a badass bitch. I love your honesty and you're not trying to sugarcoat anything. I just think you're open, honest and real. And that's why you are one of my favorite housewives. So eventually we get back to Surrey, right? And I thought this was um, a really cool thing that Karen shared with the girls. As they're driving up to Wooden Farms, I mean, that was her maiden name, Karen Wooden, she was telling the girls about their family history of her home. And she expressed to them that her family, they were slaves on that farm. And then the fact that the Wooden family bought and now owns the slave plantation and has expanded the farm is a very powerful story. And I think so too. And I love that she shared that because, I mean, it just shows her family's history and that is where Karen has the foundation of herself for who she is, who she grew up to be. And I thought that was a very honest thing that she did. And I, like I said, this episode is all about Karen to me because we haven't seen a side like this from her for an extended amount of time. So I feel like, I mean, shit, I don't know Karen that well at all. Well, really, I don't know it personally at all. Like, what, what the hell am I saying? But I do feel like from this episode, I feel like I've gotten close to her, whether that sounds super weird or not, but I do feel like I've gotten closer to her. So Karen, I appreciate your honesty and your family's story. I think that's incredible, very moving, just totally... It was amazing. I just, I thought that was so cool that she shared that and just seeing how life progresses and how things happen and all this kind of stuff. I thought it was great. So eventually she's sharing old school photos. Once they get to her aunt's house, she's sharing old school photos of herself growing up to the girls. Again, I love seeing that. I thought that was really fun. It's always like if you're dating someone and you go to their house and then they show embarrassing pictures of you to your uh, significant other. It was kind of like that, but with Giselle and Ashley, right? But it was really cool. Karen wanted to show the girls how to harvest some corn, which was fun. Ashley participates by getting on that big-ass machinery with her hot pink-ass boots, which was great. (laughs) And Giselle participates. How does she participate? By not going and by uh, taking a video on her camera. So, yes, snaps for you, Giselle. That was funny. I love that. After the whole harvest thing happens, Monique gives a little shout-out to Ashley, Gives her a call on her cell phone, trying to tell her, you know, I'm so drained. I'm trying to get my brain wrapped around all this shit that happened. And I'm just trying to figure it out. So Giselle says, after the phone call, of course, she didn't say it on the phone call. But she probably, I think she didn't say like, oh, was, you know, something like that whenever she was talking to Ashley. But basically after uh, they hung up the phone, Giselle thinks Monique is a lying motherfucker. That's what she said. I mean, we all know that Giselle and Monique have had their ups and downs, really more downs than ups. So they were in it for a good amount of this season thus far. They were cool. And then after this whole thing happened, I don't think they're going to be good again, maybe ever or anytime soon. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So that was just interesting. 
So then we have Wendy going to lunch with her sister, Ivy, and she's looking for guidance about how she can approach her mother about potentially not returning as a professor at John Hopkins. And she's a little scared. And I love the role play that her sister did with her. And basically her mom is going to say, when Wendy addresses her mom and says, I want to do political commentary, and then with Ivy acting as their mom saying, oh, well, how are you going to do that? And then with Wendy saying, I don't have a game plan. With Ivy saying, you want to do political commentary, but you don't even know how are you going to do that if you don't have a game plan, basically. I thought that was real, and I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with that kind of shit before. And I think it's kind of common for children to feel like they have to do certain things for their parents to, one, make them proud of them, I guess, but maybe doing it so they can get approval or something. So I can understand and relate to that. Um, I think a lot of us can. And I think at this point in Wendy's life, she just wants to be able to do something for herself and what she really wants to do, which is the political commentary. So then we get to the fun, 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 fun part. Mr. Juan going to a sports bar, trying to watch the football game. Then we see this woman come in, little black dress and all, long, dark hair. And I'm like, okay, who is this? But guess what? We find out who it is, and her name is Tatiana. Woo! Robin's alter ego Tatiana, let me tell you. She is fierce. She she went in there knowing what she wanted, and that was one. I mean, I'm sorry, Dylan. <laughs> That's a fun alter ego name, if I do say so myself. Way to go for that one, Juan. Oh, my God. So that was such a fun dialogue to hear between the two of them. I mean, props to Robin for, like, doing the whole acting thing, trying to spice up her love life a little bit with Juan. I enjoyed that. And we see at the very end, she was looking at Juan and saying, you know what, I just want to thank you for accepting me for me and what I'm going through at this time because he's like yeah this is all on you and I don't know that whole that whole exchange I feel like you can really tell that they are literally partners in crime whether they end up getting married or not but we we obviously know that they do get engaged and they're getting married but you know what I'm saying they're always going to be in each other's lives I think they both want the best for one another so that was a fun little scene to see whenever we get back to Surrey they're about to do the homecoming parade with Karen in the the little Mustang or whatever the hell it was I don't know convertible whatever and she's in a periwinkle suit and she's about to go down the street throwing candy at people I guess Giselle had never had candy thrown at her (laughs) but uh I don't know she lived in New Orleans they didn't do that I mean maybe maybe she got thrown beads I don't know she had to have if she lived in New Orleans and if she didn't get beads thrown at her as like a child or whatever that would be kind of weird but like to not have candy thrown at you for a parade we've all experienced that right I mean I know I have oh well so that parade happens that was really cute to see then scene changes and where do we go we go to the animal shelter with Candace and Miss Dorothy. Because we always know that Miss Dorothy has something to say. But Miss Dorothy, you love dogs, so I fucking love you for that. Like, yes, tell me where I can adopt a dog in the Chicago area. Because the places I'm looking, there's like no one who's getting back to you. It's like frustrating and it makes me really sad and I want to cry. But anyways, I digress. 
Candace and her mom are at the animal shelter. They're looking to adopt a dog. Candace has really been thinking about this whole incident, which I would too. That's like a traumatic thing that's happened to her. And she told her mom, you know, I've been going to therapy to try to like talk this shit out about the whole fight. And that's when Miss Dorothy says, you know what? You should press charges. Like who the fuck puts their hand on someone else? Like what adult does that. This is ridiculous. So I can see where Miss Dorothy's coming from for sure. And that makes a lot of sense. And then I just want to say too, this is so off topic of the seriousness that we were just saying. But if any of you saw Candace's earrings in that scene, I fucking love them. I thought they were so cool. Where did you get them? Because I want them in my earring wardrobe. Yes. And I said that. I just love them. I thought they were great. So as we go back to Karen, she goes to the church where she was basically raised in. She's showing Giselle and Ashley, and she said, this is really where I got my foundation for who I am. Then she kind of had a moment. She was talking about her mom and dad, and then she excused herself to use the restroom. Her cousin was with her, and then she just, like, broke down saying that she misses her parents. And remember, she lost them, what, six or seven months apart. That's a lot. That's a lot. I have not lost a parent. So to sit here to say that I know what she's going through, I don't. Um, but I'm sure it's, it's tough to lose one, but to lose two within seven months, it's probably a bigger lump, if you will, in your throat. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's a fucking lot. So with Giselle seeing that she was saying she feels like Karen really does have this hole in her heart because of the loss of her parents. And she never really, she never really knew that it was that deep, 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 deep. And she's seeing it just with her being back at her hometown. And she's really feeling for Karen because it is something that is so hard to to cope with. And, you know, I think Karen's done a really great job on the show talking about it and just being open and honest about her feelings for it. And I think Giselle was just happy that she could be there to witness everything in her hometown to really understand who Karen is because she just puts out this image in Potomac, like the Grand Dame, like, like I said earlier in the show. So Giselle is really having a lot of love for Karen at this moment. And even though her and Karen throw shade at each other like it's their full-time job you know that they're really true friends because they are always there for each other when the shit goes down for real and like when real shit happens I think that they're there for each other so then when we get towards the end of the episode it's it's coming on Monique I mean obviously we've been to all the other uh women with what they're doing we didn't see Monique through majority of the show. So I think the last, what, five minutes or so, we're at Monique's house. She's waiting for her pastor and the first lady to come to talk to her about this whole incident. And she said that this whole incident has turned her life upside down. My thing is, did you not expect it to turn your life upside down? I mean, this was on camera, yes, but I feel like if this happened off camera, I think it would still turn your life upside down. I mean, like, what did you expect was to happen? I That's what I'm a little confused about. So when she said that, I was like, uh... Really? Like what what did you think would happen after that? That nothing happened? I don't I don't know. So that was interesting to me. So whenever the pastor's there, he helps Monique realize that the very person that we're dealing with, who we say is a friend, is actually a mere reflection of who we are. And we need to be honest on what's going on within 
So he's basically saying this whole fight had nothing to do with Candace. It really didn't. It was just something that was going on inside uh, Monique's heart and she wasn't addressing it. And unfortunately, she was projecting that shit on Candace and Candace was the uh, the punching bag. I mean, literally. It's kind of like the Dorinda Tinsley thing, but Dorinda doesn't throw fists and shit. But it's kind of like the same thing. The pastor also says whenever he first met her, Monique, he knew of her to be a fighter who's been in survival mode since she was a child. So there was some shit that happened whenever she was younger. So I guess she always had to be on the defense for anything. So he said maybe at that particular point in her life was the tipping point, the boiling point that just let her lose control in that specific moment. And again, it had nothing to do with Candace. She was just there. So with her hearing that, Monique starts crying. And here's the thing. Finally, we see her being remorseful for what she did. And I think here she is being remorseful that she actually went after Candace. So I thought that was an honest thing to see from her. She explained that she's tired of proving herself to people while she knows her own self-worth. But the pastor also said that Monique needs to reconcile within herself because it's not Candace's fault, as I said before. So Monique accepts what he's saying and feels, as I said, remorseful. And then Chris comes in and he's like, well, I really want to reach out to Chris myself because like we're friends and now we're kind of in this position. Like I haven't spoken to him since this whole thing. And I want him to know that we're still friends. Like I want to still be his friend. So I hope that that resolves within like I hope that resolves because you can tell that they have a good friendship the two guys so you know we'll see within the season the rest of the season by the very end we see her crying and say that she really wants to apologize to Candace is that going to happen probably not because we see that Candace does in fact press the charges but that will come at a later date of another episode because it wasn't on this one so now let's go to the dueling divas so this is nothing new. Duh. Candace Monique, I don't really need to get into it because we all know. So short little segment there. Dueling Diva, Candace and Monique. Let's move on to the weekly shade because there was some good shade thrown by uh, Karen, Giselle, and Ashley. I loved it. Let's go to it right now. So some beautiful moments of the weekly shade. I shall tell you. (laughs) So when Ashley was talking about going to Karen's hometown about the whole (laughs) homecoming and she's sitting there in her confessional and she's like, the grand dame will be the grand dame. That was cute. That was funny. She did a lot better. I kind of sucked just then, but that's okay. Giselle also made some shade about it. (laughs) She said that she pictures Karen's hometown with a farmhouse with people having straw hanging outside of their mouth, with cowboy hats, overalls, and all that stuff. Not just one person, but the whole town. The whole town's in overalls. They're eating straw from their mouth, cowboy hats. Yeah, that's what she, that's what she said. There, there was funny music in the background. But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to have some overalls on with some straw in your mouth and a cowboy hat, have at it. I'd say that's pretty cool. Do your shit. You do you. But I guess Giselle just wanted to throw that in there to do a little ha 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 moment. So then we're going to go, ooh, this was this was pretty intense. Another thing of shade thrown by Candace about Robin. <sighs> when Robin said, 
that she forgot to report some income. And Candace brings up in her confessional, she finds it kind of weird that Robin is uh, even in this situation as far as the unreported income because she's the one that looked at Karen whenever Ray was going through those tax issues. And Robin was like, how do you not know that you don't owe the IRS money, Karen? Well, Candace was throwing that shade because she's like, damn, Robin, looks like you're the same way. So that was pretty intense. Shade thrown for sure. Then we get back to Karen telling Ashley, oh, this was pretty crazy too. She said if she was Candace throughout that whole incident of the pony or of the hair tug, she told Candace if it were me, I would press charges when I find it crazy because before last episode, she was talking about how she's going to rally for Monique and she's going to be there. And now she's like going against her and saying, yeah, I'd press charges against you. So the plot thickens. We'll see uh, how that turns out. Whenever that happened, Ashley asked Karen, well, did you tell Monique about that? Karen was very political about it. She said, I think that I did but for sure. So did she? I don't think she did. I don't. Will she? I don't think she will either. I think it'll just come up and then she'll be like, I told you. That's just my own prediction. Could be wrong. So last little shade thrown. This was cute. I loved it. Karen about Giselle being the word on the street because we all know Giselle is the word on the street. Karen says she's not in Surrey. She's not she's not even the word on the street in New Orleans. So I don't know. Giselle, apparently you're not the word on the street anywhere, according to Karen Huger. But you know what? You're the word on my street. So it's all good. Giselle, you always bring love and lightheartedness and laughs in my life. So I thank you for that. Now, let's finish up with that quote of the week, Yins guys. So I got a couple good quotes, you know. First one, basically all coming from Karen, Ashley, and Giselle. Because like I said, this is Karen's episode. Let's just be real. Surrey with Karen on top, which is kind of like Surrey with a fringe on top. If uh, any of you are musical theater people, Surrey with a fringe on the top from Oklahoma. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Surrey with Karen on the top. Yes. Don't you love it? I do. Anywho, so when it came to Karen getting in the car for the homecoming parade, Giselle says Karen invited her and Ashley to Surrey and she's like the reason why she did this is we're the two women that have been seen right through Karen from the very beginning and we know that she's really 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 big in this itty bitty 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 small town of Surrey so as Karen's going off to get in the car Ashley says something like get a Karen get a Karen and then Giselle says something like yeah with seven people in the town so have your moment Karen have your moment uh and then Karen replies yeah and you want to be one of those seven people so that was kind of cute ha 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 funny funny um another one Karen referring to Giselle not being a word on the street like in the weekly shade so this is a quote this is what she said she's like Nobody knew you were shaking some tambourine and your ass going down the street. Here's the difference. Ooh, this was great. Queendom. Queendom. So I'll read that whole thing again without me saying this is great. So Karen says, nobody knew you were shaking some tambourine and your ass going down the street. Here's the difference. Queendom. Queendom. And we all know when she was doing that, her hand was like up in the sky. She was like vibing with the queen gods and shit. That was fucking fabulous. I love that. So... Another, (laughs) 
Man, Giselle never got hit with candy, but she looked at Ashley and she, I just thought this was funny. Halloween's a coming, honeys. She looked at Ashley and she's like, did you get hit with a milk dud? Hey, you know what? If you did, pick up that box. You eat those milk duds up, okay? Milk duds are the dudliest of duds. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. So, last thing I think this might be my quote of the week for sure from Giselle referring to Karen in the parade and this was as Giselle and Ashley were dancing down the street because they didn't need to be in a car so Giselle says who needs a Bentley in a periwinkle suit well obviously Ashley and Giselle don't because they can rock and roll on the side of the street down the street whichever and they'll just do the thing. But you know what? I have to say, Karen, I loved your periwinkle suit. And who doesn't want to be in a parade in a Bentley with a periwinkle suit on in their hometown? I mean, let me know because I know that I do. So high school back in Pittsburgh, call me up. Your girl is ready. Yeah, so this week was pretty, uh, it was intense. I would say emotionally uh, for me, especially for Karen. The whole fight was kind of not in the back burner, but it's like in the back at the moment, but it's obviously going to come back up to surface. But I just really appreciated that this was Karen's episode. And yeah, Karen has like a super special place in my heart right now. I mean, you can tell because I can't shut up about it. So Karen, we fucking love you. I do. So thank you so much, guys. For listening. I appreciate all of you who tune in each week. I mean, this really makes me feel good that y'all are enjoying this, that Yin's guys are enjoying this. I enjoy talking about it all the time. Like, I literally have conversations with myself. <laughs> That's normal. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. Like, for real, follow me. Like, I know that I say this every week, but for real, follow me. I want to talk to Yin's guys. So um, it's at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Give us like five stars. Please write a review. You know what I mean? Let me know what you like, what you don't like. DM me on my Instagram at Bravo Yinzer, right? Follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Let me know what your thoughts are with the season. Let me know what you're excited about with Bravo. Let me know what you hate about Bravo. Like, I'd love to have you guys on the show. You just got to reach out to me. I want to talk to you guys, you know? So thank you again so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful Bravo week and just a fucking great week anyways because Yin's guys deserve it. And uh, tune in onto the OC if you're down with it. If not, then, you know, I'm not mad at you. Um, Definitely, let's keep up with Potomac. Let's have a dialogue on Instagram. Follow me, your girl. And uh, I'll see Yin's guys next Tuesday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.